This episode of Wild Endeavors is brought to you by our partner podcast, All Hail Yogg. When you get tired of goody two-shoes and half-hearted murder heroes, check out this Experience Points production. All Hail Yogg is an evil actual play campaign featuring a rotating cast of players and characters. The goal of these fell servants is simple. Free their dark lord, the elder god Yogg, and bring about the downfall of the world of Undyne. As you're enjoying these delightfully villainous endeavors, you may find yourself wondering, how in the world can I enjoy a game like this of my own? Well, turns out you're in luck. The voice of Yogg himself, DM Timothy, has recently launched a professional tabletop game service. From running one-shots and campaigns for you and your friends, to consulting on world-building and adventure design, Timothy has you covered. You can find more information at pro-dm.org or on Twitter at XP Web Series. Speaking of content you don't want to miss, September is International Podcast Month. Every day this month, the IPM team has released features including many diverse and inclusive podcasting folks in audio fiction minisodes, creator conversations, nonfiction episodes, and RPG actual play one-shots. It's a month-long celebration of marginalized creators, building communities, sharing listeners, and boosting each other's voices. You can hear me this year in a one-shot featuring the songs for the Dusk System, in which brave and compassionate adventurers, called Striders, try to build a better future in a post-post-apocalyptic science fantasy setting. That episode is set to go live September 29th, in the meantime, you can find all the other great IPM content just about anywhere you get podcasts or at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Finally, it's worth mentioning this episode does have a little mouth and face-related body horror, as well as some combat that's a little bit more gruesome than normal. There are time codes in the show notes if you want to skip some or all of it. And now, it's time for some wild endeavors. Previously on Wild Endeavors, the Wayward Sons journeyed through the dark far beneath the dead city of Paragon. In hopes of finding answers as to the King in Yellow's interest in Thorina, the companions chased after members of the Cult of Yellow, who seemed to always be just a few steps ahead. Having survived the Tower of Dazkarash, the Wayward Sons turn to the ruins of the subterranean city of Isreza. And now, this is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Adam Rogers as the gnome rogue Malkin Kessel. Seems like it'd be pretty sneaky to jump out from behind a rock. Nick Feely as the elven fighter Aramil Galadinel. And then I give chorus finger grunts. Amy Jossino as the dwarven barbarian Thorina Thunderhelm. First, instinct gonna hit the weird situation with his mouth. Devin Salisbury as the eladrin wizard Varys Leodon. Yeah, I'm fine with you taking damage for the team. Evan Chamberlain couldn't join us this time, so his character, Element Chorister, is with us mostly just in spirit. Out of character. You've done this shit to us already, Thomas. Can't trust you anymore. <laughs> and I'm Thomas Marsetti, the GM and producer of these, our wild endeavors. Thomas is demented. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, that's what they do. It is what they do. And now... Episode 19, Paladins and Liars. We open on the five of you traveling through the dark, far beneath the dead city of Paragon. 
first we see you leave the tower of Dazkarash. Its inverted spire seeming to hang suspended into an abyss. We see you make your way through and around clusters of stalagmites that look like forests made of stone. We see you cross a river of black, mineral-rich water. Cresting a small rise, we see you all take a moment to look in the distance at the faintest purple glow that just barely gives shape to the city of Azovayesh. Seeing this reminds us of the scope of this particular cavern. It is beyond a size that you can mentally grasp. It is large enough to have cities that are but small skylines on the horizon. Large enough to have its own weather patterns. Time doesn't seem to pass in the complete darkness of this place. We see you rest when you are tired, taking turns in Varus and Therina's pocket dimensions to hide from the whispers of the Mind Flayers. And more than anything, we see you simply trudging through vast, seemingly empty darkness. The ruins of Isreza suddenly loom out of the darkness ahead of you. In the deep black, you don't see it until you're you know, practically in the city. And then suddenly there are these looming towers and stalagmites and stalactites around you. In its prime, it probably looked very much like Azovayesh. Very tall, black rock spires, almost like fangs jutting up from the ground and down from the ceiling of the cavern. Most of the buildings here, though, are, are damaged. Large chunks are missing. Massive cracks are running down into the foundation of these stalagmite-like towers. As you start to work into the outskirts of the ruins, you can see that there are also what, again, when everything was in its prime, would have been uh, almost like a webwork of these very thin black stone bridges in between the spires, like the upper level of the stalagmites and the lo- what it would be the lower levels of the stalactites. As, so as you start making your way to the first the first blocks of the ruins, um, I'll have you all do a, a group check. Uh, as you're probably like just maybe two block into the ruins, Varus, you notice a tiny spark of light somewhere in the distance, like into the city. It's not a faint glowing light like the, the green of the fungal city or the, the purple of Azovayash. This is like honest to goodness light, but it seems small. So that it's either very far into the city or it's partially obstructed. As soon as I spot it, I will like kind of halt the group and just like point it out and be like, check that out. Everybody but Thorina can see it. What, what do you think it is? I mean, it's some kind of fire. I don't know. Somebody's camping? I don't, I don't know. Can somebody, should we, like, hide out here and have somebody sneak up and see? So the last time I did that, things did not go well, but I could do that. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should move a little closer, and then I can sneak up? I mean, you can always sneak ahead of us, and we'll kind of follow behind until you maybe tell us not to follow. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have com- we have communication still. Yeah, yeah. So like, right. you lead ahead, and yeah. I mean, you always kill everything before Torina gets a chance to. So. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, Malkin, if he's out ahead, is kind of not dodging, but kind of walking in and out of different piles of rubble and, and rock and peeking out around the corners and then kind of sprinting forward pretty quick and then peeking out again and going again. And he can roll for this stuff if you'd like. But. Yes, please. So Malkin, up ahead, you notice that every now and then when you like duck in like around like corner of like a what's left of a ruined wall or like dip into what's left of a, a building, you notice that there's a very fine mist of glowing green spores that drops from you. It's not really clear where on your body it's falling from, but when it lands it stops glowing. And it's just it's a very there's like a little like spritz every time it seems like every time like you step into a building there's just a little and then it disappears is this the friendly 
spores that I had from before, or are these spores that I have not seen before? No, these remind you of the the spores from the the fungal city. Your your fungal friends. So I want to radio back to the others. Like, are you guys like, are you guys like fungus glowing right now? Because I got stuff coming off of me. It's like sparkly. Anybody? Anybody come in? Anybody? I, I respond with, uh, I'm not glowing with fungus, but I, you know, I look like a night sky if I, you know, walk around. Not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. The rest of you are not having spores come off of you, and you are not seeing his spores, you know, when they dropped. You haven't seen anything from up ahead. Would I have any inclination, like, of what this could be? You could roll. Typically, funguses procreate by sporing, by just kind of letting stuff go, and that's... But beyond that, like... I respond with, uh, yeah, Malcolm, I think you're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm just out here spreading my seed and <laughs> looking for the light. You, you may what a night. Be... What a day to be alive. Do I notice any any enhanced abilities because of this? or What are you going to, like, how are you testing if you have advanced abilities? I just start, like, jumping. See if I, like, <laughs> jump higher all of a sudden. Or um, if I can, like, noticeably, I go to, like, sprint again, maybe across, like, a the path to another building or another, you know, piece of rubble to see if, like, I feel quicker than normal. Go ahead and roll. You feel like you might be just a little bit faster. And, like, a couple of those jumps felt a little bit higher. You do feel a little bit better. Alright, I radio back in, like, guys, I know that I already, like, am pretty much the best one of the group in Save the Day, <laughs> but I am feeling pretty stout right now, so I'm gonna keep sneaking ahead. And I'm right. keeping on. So probably about like another seven or so blocks into the city. You can see probably about like two or three blocks farther in on the upper reaches of like a sharp, jagged ruin of wall. You see what looks like a single brazier just burning open into the into the sky. Where the brazier is is on like what's left of a wall that probably would have been like the third story. But there's almost nothing left up there. Do I see, like, a doorway or any, any kind of an entryway? Or There are some doors lower on that particular, what's left of this tower. Do and I then, hear? Oh, I was just saying, and then it looks like the other half of the building is gone. And so it's good, like, uh, rubble is kind of piled up, almost like a little ramp up to some of the higher floors of what's left of the building. You don't hear anything, no. I want to sneak up further. Okay. Um, maybe to, like, the base of the rubble ramp? Okay. Do I need to roll again? Uh, no. You, okay. you can keep the, the 30. Okay, so as you get in closer to this building... By the way, did you tell anybody what you saw? Or No, not yet. I'm feeling, like, special right sure. now. So you're still about, probably about half a block away when you notice there's a figure in the shadows on another part, on like what what's left of a tower that would have been like right next door to this one. And the figure is like leaned against the wall, clearly trying to hide, but in a position that is like looking out at the brazier. The figure is humanoid. It's a little bit smaller, so it's maybe either like a human child or a halfling. And at this distance in the dark, it's really hard to make out more than that. Even like the little bit of light from the brazier that's helping you out is, it's just not giving you much more than that at this dis- distance. I um, relay that I see, I see just that one, one small humanoid, but that's all I can really see. So there is, there is somebody up here. I'm not comfortable to make the decision as a group as to what <laughs> we should do from here. So maybe I kind of try to sneak back across again toward toward where everybody else is. Okay, you can do that. All right, so you you all meet up at at this point. Everybody else except Thorina can see the brazier, and Thorina, that's probably I think at this point now you're starting to maybe think that's weird because they are pointing like, oh, the brazier's right there, and there's very clearly no, there's nothing there. It's just dark. And it's clear for us, like very mm-hmm. clear at this point. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. That's weird. 
All right, well, she's just going to have to trust us that there's a flame up there and there's a, a person up there guarding... At least one person. Area. At least one. And maybe try to pretend like you see it. <laughs> or Yeah, like, I totally see it, guys. That's a good or idea. Just, like, follow our lead. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Don't can, she see, can she see the brazier itself? Like, the actual vessel? Not at this distance in the dark. Okay. I almost want to just walk up and like wave to the person. I'm I'm certainly not going to stop you. Yeah, I mean I'm good with that. I would I like the idea of not going in guns blazing. Maybe keep your hammer holstered. I said I was going to stay in the back. I know, but and not rage until I need to. You have a and I won't take out my hammer. See, look, I'm only holding a dagger instead. Yeah, How's yeah, that? Like, like we get that you're good. It's just other people like. <laughs> Like you're small, but you have a, a like a imposing presence about you. Here, I, I'm kind of want to like light a torch and just kind of like start obviously waving it like at the. Don't don't draw attention. We don't want the. No. Do we want to just approach? We approach slowly, and non aggressively. So you are almost to the base of the this spire or what's left of it before that figure finally like in a very like whispered voice is like who, who goes there hello hello um, friend <laughs> we mean no harm can you see the fire yeah we saw the fire it kind of drew us over you uh so the figure steps then uh, like fully out from around that wall and you can see now like lit up in well not clarina but the rest of you can see lit up in the, the light from the brazier it's wearing chainmail that's been like dark, and it looks like they sort like like rub like dirt and ashes into it to kind of make it less reflective to kind of hide in the dark, probably easier. Their face is similarly like all suited up, but it is a familiar face. It is uh, Althos Ashglade, a middle-aged um, halfling paladin that you were traveling with. Though he is not wearing his tabard, he looks down at you and says, y- "You." And he pauses for a couple kind of awkward beats, and then we, we thought you were dead. When you stopped responding to the sendings, we we thought, well, well, that will never mind. But it's good to see you. Um, come, come, come. It's 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 not safe to talk much out in the open. Um, too many things down here hunt by sound. Okay. That he yeah. he motions you, and he like makes his way down from his little perch, and then around ramp that led up into the, the the other tower part to a door in the base of that same tower. He knocks a particular rhythm on the door, and there's a moment when something heavy sounding is moved on the other side, and the door opens. Light pours out of this door as well, except Thorina can't see this light either. Standing in the doorway with a flail is Harestra, one of the human paladins you had traveled with. Her head is shaved on the sides, her hair is now streaked with soot, and it's pulled up into a top knot. She gives you the same kind of, like, awkward pause, like she's not comprehending, and then, we didn't think that you were alive. Um, and then she, you know, motions, and everybody kind of shuffles into the room, and I'm assuming everybody shuffles into the room. Yeah. So they offer you some spots around a much larger brazier that has a very warm, glowing fire in it. Um, it's almost campfire-sized. The rest of the room is mostly bare. There's some rubble, dirt, and like some animal remains that litter like the various corners. The only other thing in the room is a pair of traveling packs. A single bedroll is laid out, and there's some type of animal on a spit over the fire. The thing is blackened a bit, but it looks more or less like a, a, a long armadillo the, that has ten legs, and you would later realize that instead of like an armadillo like a head, it basically just has a hole on its face that's just filled with teeth. But they offer you to sit, you know, sit by the fire, and you know, it'll, this, it'll be, the food will be ready in a little bit. How long have we been gone? Uh, it's hard, I mean, it's hard to tell down here. Um, when was your last message that you received from me? I think we've been down here almost five days at this point, but, I mean, it's so hard to keep track anymore. And, uh, I mean, after the attack, we ran, I mean, we ran for, I don't even know how long, and, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. Is he being up front? Does he seem, like, on edge at all? He seems pretty disturbed, very anxious. He's on edge. 
as you are kind of studying him, you notice that like there's still bits of caked blood on, on parts of his face, like on his neck. Um, and you notice the same for for Caresta. Like they they are dirty. They were clearly hurt. They don't have open wounds, but they're paladins. They could have healed, but they clearly haven't taken care of themselves to like to clean up from that. And you remember they were traveling with a much larger group, and there's only two of them now. Did, where did you come from? Which direction? Uh, we we think it was the south through the the pass, just a little bit south of Azovayesh, I guess. Was there a fungal city? Yes, uh, and, and we had gotten your message about about not engaging with them, um, and they they let us pass. Um, I mean, they they sprayed us with some spores, uh, but I think Bahamut's light kept us uh, kept us safe from them, and they didn't they didn't bar our, our passage, and so we we thought we could try to link up with you, but then uh, we got. We got attacked in that passage uh, before we could we could make it out into into this area. Did you lose everybody, or is there anybody else around here? Uh, we don't know. I think I think they're all gone. The, these creatures attacked us, and I the adjudicator ordered everyone to retreat, but it was it was too late. Um, I, I, we've lit this beacon every time we've stopped, just hoping somebody. Somebody else might have survived, and um, but you're the first. Have you seen anybody else that's not us? No, no. As, as soon as we found this place and, and saw that it offered some shelter, we've we've just kind of hunkered down, and uh, I don't even know really where this place is. If it's if it's even some place any of the the other survivors would come, but the way those things hit us, I don't I don't see how any of them. I mean, how did how did you get through? I just like tap my muscles, <laughs> even though I'm a little guy and I don't really have that big a muscle. Grit, fought. perseverance. Double. Have you explored this place at all, or have you just kind of stayed in this room? Very, very little. Just uh, just to hunt and gather what we could. That's sending emotions to the the thing over on the spit. We've seen some other you know bigger predators out there, but. We've been able to avoid them, and they don't seem to care about the brazier. So the you know the beacon is is doing what it's supposed to, I guess. At that, Elman says into the link, "That makes sense. I, I've heard that some paladin orders will use fires like this uh, almost as a test. Only those of certain faith or, or purity of heart or or lack of purity would be able to see the flame." So this must have something to do with the king in yellow being part of Therina. How? I think... Um, Elliman thinks it's a... Elliman thinks it is more for, like, the the good-aligned pantheon, because he can see it. There's something like that. Then what's he trying to kill people for? Or bring people back? I think her actions tell you that she's maybe not the most pure of heart of, of the group. Yeah, it's easily figured out. <laughs> she said she was a pirate. I see potential that you could change. But... Are we sure the beacon can't be seen by the things that are hunting? Us? It doesn't. It doesn't appear so. They've. Um, I mean, they we're still alive, so. Um, we were coming here for a reason. Like, we were going to come to the ruins in the first place, so it, that was just part of our information-seeking Yeah, it was that they were, they just the cultists were interested in this place is really all we knew, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So does anyone else feel like we should, like, tell them about it? Explore? Do they yeah. appear, like, visibly exhausted? They seem pretty worn down. Are we, is it time to bunker down here? Can we... Um, by this and point, it's probably maybe early evening. Do you want to offer to, like, help keep watch? We could let them rest. I mean, we could see if we can rest. Just test it out. And I, I think, Elman, would you want to do a, a, pr- a prayer service for their fallen comrades? He, yeah, he nods. He, Alathos and Caresta are both like, we would really appreciate that. Um, we would really appreciate the help with the watch. And, and uh, now, you know, now that you're with us, like, maybe... Maybe we can make you know make our way back to the stairs and and get out of this place. Well, we're not ready to leave just yet. 
You want to stay down here? We were told that there might be some signs of the uh, yellow cultists out this way, where you guys are. We came here for a reason. If we've already gone through all this shit, we might as well get what we came for. You might not be familiar with the suns, but we don't we don't back down. Well, after what I've seen, maybe that would have maybe that would change your mind. But um, you're right. We should we should see this through. If you'll permit us to come with you, we'll we'll continue on. If you think you can handle it, and everybody else is cool with it. Awesome. We have bait now. Corina. That's why you can't see the beacon. <laughs> <laughs> so as you settle into rest, you again, just as you start to drift off, you get those whispers in your dreams and the strange images that cause you to jolt awake. You see a lot of various different things, but the one that a couple of that seem to repeat over and over again is a herd of deer, slingshots, and a spindle of wool thread being spun. I think the main part of this is just trying to get them to get some rest. Yeah. See if they're still, like, as messed up in the morning. Right, if they're going to be with us, yeah. we need them at full strength. Like, I don't think it matters to us. We're still having trouble sleeping. And... In the morning, you are eating the last of the, the uh, armadillo centipede, getting ready to, to make your way out in the morning. Can I, can I have, like, four drumsticks? Yeah, there's plenty of drumsticks. Um, yeah, so I, I had like ten legs. I want, I want a couple. It's you know, it's super greasy, but surprisingly decent eating. So the other two still seem a little, um, they still seem a little ragged, but that could also be like they're still covered in like ashes and dirt, which yeah. doesn't do a lot for their appearance. But they definitely appear to be better for having being able to like sleep the whole night through and not having to do like a guard rotation. So can I ask Elliman to clean them up? They don't. They don't want to be cleaned up. They they want to be able to hide in the dark better by not having reflective mail. And that's they took off their tabards because the white might be easier to see in the dark. They still seem pretty paranoid about being hunted or attacked in the dark. Alright. As you are finishing up your food and kind of just uh, like putting your bedrolls back away or whatever on the camp, you hear a loud thud outside. And then a scraping sound. It seems like something is moving across the ceiling, but on the other side. And then there's a much louder thud on the other side of the wall. The paladins freeze. Uh, guys, can you all see see anything? Malkin sneaks out to see what's going on. So you're able to you know, very quietly open the door and, and slip out into the shadow. And when you peek around the corner, you see three figures wrestling with a what looks like a massive box. It is a ciliat, the adjudicator, pa- the paladin chorus, and the dwarven paladin that was with them, Transan. And they are trying to write. You remember they had that big, like five by five, like war chest that they had been carrying with them, and it is on its side and appears like that is what's you know, fell over and slid over and made all the, that noise. I, like, just shout, Need a hand? They all immediately draw their weapons and turn in your direction. And you can see in the light from the beacon that their armor is spotless. They're still wearing their white tabards of Bahamut, um, which seems particularly bright in the light from the beacon. And then Asilia says, Lower your weapons. It's the wayward sons. And he slings his halibird over a shoulder, like a, it's on like a strap, kind of like a rifle would be, and starts, you know, takes, walk, starts talk, walking towards you, while the other two continue to struggle to, to right the chest. Can I shout again to him, like, man, it's just so dark around here. Does the beacon not shine for you? <laughs> I say, okay, I was just testing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're cool, we're cool. So he's still, he's still walking toward you, Malkin. All right, I'll go out there. Okay, if Aramil's going out, their element is too. Um, so those of you that are out, you see that, like, as Aceliad is approaching, as he gets a little bit closer, you can see better. He seems very well-kempt, um, except for his left eye, um, where it used to be in a big portion of the length of his face is covered by uh, a brand in the shape of a dragon. Um, the flesh is still a bit pink, like it's kind of fresh. But other than that, like his hair is like, it's not terribly long, but it's not unkempt. He seems pretty clean and seems well rested. I'll just voice over the calm. Is it good, Malcolm? 
Yeah, it's some more of our friends. Um, though these guys don't look like they've been in a fight. When I see who it is, I'll yell to the other two paladins that Asiliot's back. When Aramil shouts that back, the, the two paladins inside the room start losing their shit. And they just, like, they grab on at the He's like, you, you gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. We get, it must be those creatures, whatever those things are. That we saw what are you talking die. about? We saw what are you talking die. about? We saw Asilia die. Whatever creatures. that is out there is the not creatures? him. We have to get out of here. Okay, I'm gonna relay that information to the commons. They're claiming that uh, he died and got taken over by some creatures. I'll respond in the comm. Thurina, step away from them. Ciliad is now um, standing right by Malkin and says, When the sending stopped, we thought we had lost you. Can I do a check on mm-hmm. him? Yeah. I'd want to see if it's the Ciliad we remember, if there would be any way to do so. Um, he seems to have dropped his, um, like, trying to sound like a badass. Like, his, he sounds a little bit less like Batman than he did before, like. Um, but other than that, I mean... I'll just casually, like... So what happened to you guys? Everybody else looks like shit, and you guys look, look perfect. He, he looks around and he's like, Everyone else? What, what do you mean? We haven't been able to sleep in days. We're exhausted. He narrows his eye at you at that. Why haven't you been able to rest? We, we keep... Every time we just try to fall asleep, we keep hearing these, these voices. I thought that was happening to everybody. Is that not happening to you? No. What kind of voices are you hearing? I, I you honestly that, have no idea. You notice that Chorus and uh, Thras have stopped working at the chest now, and are they're looking over at you as well. We have been through, you know, we got attacked. We've, we tried to escape, and, you know, we're all hurting and, and tired. You guys seem like you've had it pretty easy. I wouldn't say easy. We're all that's left. How, what happened to the rest of the group? Something attacked us in the dark. We couldn't see them, let alone fight them. I tried to get us out of there, but these two are the only ones who made it with me. The other two paladins inside, Farina, are still, like, violently trying to shake you, trying to get you to, like, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go. Um, I'm gonna tell them to calm down. I'm still staying on there, saying, step away from them. There's, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who to trust right now. I hate to do this, but, like, in this situation, our group would normally look to Element to be the... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if we're going by, like, past history of the group, I think what, especially, yeah. Ar- like, Aramil would look to Element for some I mean, guidance, wanna, I think, in this situation. Like, if, if that makes sense, I don't want to, like, something. put you on the spot. No, no, that's fine. But I'll be like, hey, can you use your, like, dead guy sense to see... <laughs> to see if these guys are legit? He says, uh, yeah, sure. Um... And he, you know, he, he tries to be pretty cool about it. Um, you know, just like mutters a little like, under his breath and like, takes a look around. Like, looks back toward the door and then into into the comm. It's like everything looks everything looks legit. When Element is doing his divine sense and like looked back toward the door, uh, as Hilliard says, "Are more of your companions in there?" Yeah, we haven't been able to rest in in days. They're they're just trying to lay down before we before we take off for the day. I'm gonna try the two that I'm in the room with. Be like, look, I'm trying to sort this out. If you will permit my Kraken to like test you. Don't worry about it. What, look, look, look. What t- Everything's gonna be fine. Just sit still for two seconds. And then I let Diggy out for a little bit. As soon as Diggy's arms start coming out of this brooch that you're wearing. If it was possible for them to lose their shit even more, they are just like, Oh god, you're one of them! Ah! And they have their weapons drawn now. And they have backed away to the bridge. Like a whole, whole person on both of them. So Krista freezes up, and Althalos obviously felt you try to do that, and he is going to rush at you, like with like to try to shoulder you out of the way and toward the door. Can I just hold my hammer out to like for him to run into? Yeah, he slams into your arm and into the Baharath. Like, look, I'm trying to sort this out. I'm trying to help you. Sit down. To, if you're trying to hold him, we'll need to do their check. And then if you're trying to intimidate him, we can do a check for that too. 
so you're you're you are holding him back, but he he seems too frantic to like even be bothered by uh, what you're saying. Asilia now is around and can see Athalos trying to break out of the the room. Oh. I mean, he's been advancing. Unless if the people outside are going to stop him from advancing. No, I'm honestly not going to. <laughs> so Asilia sees Athalos struggling with you, and he says, "By Bahamut's fire." Chorus, Trenza, to me. Then to Varys and Therina, get away from that thing. Whatever it is, it is not my paladin. Well, that's funny, because they said the same thing about you. Athalos is now just, um, he stopped trying to break through. He's like, no, you need to, you need to help us. We saw them die. We saw them die. Well, I'm trying to sort it out. You keep trying to run away. Asiliot says, stand aside now, or I will cut my way through. And Athalos then kind of steps back with his sword, and he's like, "If I've got to, if I've got to cut my way out, I'm getting out of here. You're not gonna let that thing get me." <sighs> Do we just let them kill each other? Like, <laughs> I'm, I will let you fight it out. I don't care about you two. I don't want to die. I was say I don't. Under, like, is there any way for me to, through their interactions and the way they're they're yelling at each other, to discern whether or not they, one of them seems more false than the other, or? Did somebody else lose an eye or get a brand over their eye? That's what I'm stuck on. It's like the dragon brand. Yeah. You remembered in the fight at the keep in Paragon. After the fight, they had like some kind of ritual where they branded their wounds and then they healed the, the cauterized wound. The thing that for me that started off is the fact that the, these guys, the two, are filthy. Literally, yeah, but also, like, we just spent up. an entire night with them, and nothing happened. Yeah, because there's two of them and four of us. They're not dumb. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But I'm also, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, if I'm trying to lure people away, I'd try to get on their good side, you know? Okay, um, can I let this one guy go and let Diggy probe the mind of the other person that uh, Varys is holding? I'm not against it. But... In this standoff, I just don't know what that's gonna, <laughs> if they're gonna well, let you do it. The person we need is being held right now. I think we'll be okay, but... I think we have to convince Cecilia that we are on his side. I already just admitted to him that we have voices in our head, so <laughs> he did not seem too thrilled about that notion. And he knows yeah, like... that Therina has had some issues with the King in Yellow, yeah. who also has tentacles. Alright, I'm just gonna try to... I'll just step in and try to just be a peacekeeper for a second and just say, like, whoa, 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 everybody, we have no idea what's going on here. Cecilia, we... we came across these two from seeing the brazier. We just spent the last night with them, and nothing happened. They have been acting quite paranoid, but given what they said had happened to their fallen teammates, you guys, it was understandable. You spent the night with these things? We were in this cave. We thought they were our friends. He takes a step back, and he um, he's already had, like, he already had his halberd ready, but he takes a step back at that, and lets, you know, Chorus and Thrass and, like, yeah. get up in formation with him. Um, they are very much battle ready. There's over the comp says, I don't, I don't fuck it up. Athalos inside is like, those things killed up my those friends. You have to help me. I'm going to say, Asiliot, calm the fuck down. We have no idea what's going on here. Nor do I. But by Bahamut's light, I will not lose any more of my people to this place. So far, nobody has done anything. Almost in unison, Athalos and Asilia both say, Nobody's done anything. In this exact moment, in this situation, nobody has done anything. Nobody has advanced on anybody. Again, almost in unison, they say, They killed they my, killed my friends. friends. How do you know that? Asilia is able to draw your attention by stepping forward and pointing at Athalos. I saw him die. They said I they saw, saw you die. Two. How can you prove that they are wrong? I am the light of Bahamut. I am a servant of the pure incantation. My word is the fire of the Lord of the North Wind. Now stand aside. Can we go try to put the fire out? You would have to move past Asiliot and his people to get to that brazier. Does anybody feel like that would do anything? I don't think it would do anything. I don't know. Do you have to be a good person to light it again? Can we test them? Be like, light the... This does not seem like a scenario where they're going to let us impart a test on them. Like, he's going to attack them unless we can stop it. Unless we want to stop it. 
Ah, uh, they can fight it out. I don't care. I'm almost like on that board what? too, but now they're kind of getting aggressive towards us, which don't fuck with me. Can I ask him who he sees these two people as? I don't know. They look like Athalos is just don't listen to him. What whatever he's gonna say is a lie. You can't trust anything he said. He's one of those things. I try to leave. I try to just like walk around Asilia and leave. Chorus kind of pivots where she is to kind of keep an eye on you and the group, but they let you like walk uh, away from that general area. I say over the comm. I want to side with the larger group. I want to side with the smaller group. Any of them look like they have, they are spore sparkling. Uh, go ahead and roll. Asilia and his group have the faintest of dusting. It's so faint, nobody else in the group would notice those spores, but you, you do. There are no spores on the other two. Do we have spores on us? That's a good point. Like, who matches us? If you're looking for them now, you can see, like, little, yeah, like some signs of the of spores now. Okay. Okay. So, so we can trust I... the spore cover. Guys, I've just been looking around at people while you've been talking for the last half hour, so... <laughs> They got spore dust. We got spore dust. Our two uh, sleepover pals don't have spore dust. I don't know if that means anything, but maybe we should try. And you know what the thing is? Is we know Asilia and his group saw the light. We don't know that the other two saw the light. They could be pretending, or they could have lit it, but not actually have seen it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying I should say fuck it and hit the shadow one of these. Let's just let Asilia take them out. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Ocelot, we're going to go hang out over here. Do your thing. Asilia, we've worked together. We've, I consider us friends. I trust you 100%. Whatever you need to do, do it. kind of strong. <laughs> so what happens then is Athalo suddenly becomes very calm. And he says, well, it was worth a shot. And his pack... And the travel sack on the back of Caresta starts to, like, jostle. And these two shapes start to come out of them. We'll talk a little bit more about what those are, but right now it's just something wet and kind of gross that's beginning to come out. And at that same time, there's some movement in the rocks around the the tower on the outside as well. What the fuck? (laughs) Well, we picked, right? Yep. As you turn around to, or like look around and look in the direction of the rustling, you see some figures coming in. They are humanoid, but fairly tall. And as they come into kind of full view, like not at this moment, but like as you start fighting them and they come into full view, you see that their faces, where their nose and mouth should be, is a cluster of tentacles that just are like grasping and reaching out of the air in front of them as they move around. I will uh, just tell Therina to just fucking smash him. <laughs> and I will cast a firebolt. As that hits, kind of like bursts on his chainmail, heats up that area, and you can hear the, the flesh burning underneath, the skin searing as the flame washes over it. And he turns to you and, like, kind of growls. And you can see. In his mouth, there are four, like, tiny little, um, it looks like, kind of just, like, weird fingers that are, like, growing in his mouth. I don't like it. Yeah, I'll back away. (laughs) Thorina. So this guy is still in your face. He just turned to growl at Ferris, and there is, like, a weird thing trying to work its way out of his backpack. These little things are about the size of like a tabby cat, but it appears to be like a uh, just a mass of brain tissue that seems kind of wet and it pulses kind of slightly. And then it has four legs that almost seem like, like a cat or dog. First, Instinct gonna hit the weird situation with his mouth. <laughs> um. I love the way you put that, yes. <laughs> Do you wanna put some flavor on that or just roll on? I think the first one, I was like, that's really creepy. I don't like it. So I swung and I hit, in the, hit that area first, hopefully shattering the fingers that were trying to crawl out. And then the second swing, I'd come back down, probably like the shoulder area. 
the the first hit in the face like staggers him back and he's like you know teeth falling out like spitting blood and so like then as he's staggering back like you come down at his shoulder and hit like chest and shoulder kind of area and spin him around a little bit i mean you do hear some things crunching in there if it's not broken it's pretty messed up that shoulder he is looking pretty rough i'm gonna look at chorus and ask her what i should do um she says start shooting these things i'll shoot the one closest to her the whatever the squid like thing is closest to her um yeah so you put two arrows deep into that thing until it gets torso and his shoulder and it rears back and like just those tentacles spread wide as it screams then you can see that there is like a stalk that has its own mouth on the end that kind of like extends out and like that thing is screaming too yeah um, and then your critical miss that last stop shot like as it goes wild you're just kind of thrown off balance a bit and so if somebody can take advantage of that it'll be they'll get to do that at advantage okay and then i give chorus finger guns <laughs> she rolls her eyes i want to uh shoot my bow at the thing that airmail just shot at you want okay. to steal my kill essentially yeah that's kind of my ammo <laughs> well that is a backstab and a critical hit so how do you want to kill this thing <laughs> i saw um i was gonna shoot at something else actually but I saw Aramel like do the finger guns thing to the girl, so I like turned my bow and pointed at that instead, and just let it <laughs> let it fly <laughs> and killed it. And then I look at who Aramel was pointing at the finger guns at, and like just took like one finger gun and like blew the. <laughs> Which is great because like ninety percent of the people in this world have no idea what that means. <laughs> Which I, I guess the finger guns maybe don't make a ton of sense either. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like true. it. I like it. It's your it's your thing. <laughs> Thrash, the dwarven paladin, hefts his axe and goes running off towards Squid Guy. Chorus brings her uh, two short swords like together in front of her, kind of like almost like fist bumping herself, and like this uh, bubble of divine light appears around her. Ciliant is going to also head over toward the the two where Elemen and Thrash are running. And so they are going to attack. Man, I'm rolling for shit tonight. So they are uh, fighting with these squid things, but between like their face tentacles and the squid faces like own knives and just like moving about, it's they're they're kind of struggling at the melee right now. One of the squid-faced creatures that was at the edge of the light from the brazier strides into the ruined tower, bounding alongside the creature, and then dashing ahead come three of those brain-dog-type beings. The dogs charge at Elemen, Acilia, and Chorus. They start to circle the paladins, leaping and hopping like happy puppies hoping to play. Uh, but then they start to attack. Often mid-jump, one of the brain-dogs will split open where the mouth should be and a long, frog-like tongue will lash out. Elman and Asiliad are able to move out of the way or knock the things aside. Chorus, however, is not so lucky. The tongue catches her right where her neck meets her shoulder. She lets out a yell of pain and spins away from the thing. As she does, it yanks a chunk of flesh away from her back. And then this squid face is going to like lean forward and its tentacles splay like spread eagle, and that little stalk mouth comes out. It lets out this piercing scream. In and among that scream, you also can hear those whispers that have been keeping you from sleeping. And you can feel like a grating on your mind. I need Aramil and Malkin to make a roll. You feel that presence pushing into your mind. This time, though, it feels like it's trying to push you out. You're able to resist, to push back, but it leaves behind a wicked headache. And as you shake it off, you realize that your noses have begun to bleed. In the uh, in the room, there's Amparina. The one with the, the now mashed up face is going to lash out with its sword at Arena. 
and this thing hits you like it's it looks like uh, it looks like a paladin just with a long sword, but it hits much harder. Okay, yeah, now I'm even angrier. <laughs> and then the the brain thing has climbed out of its bag completely, and its tongue is going to come lashing at your face. You bat the, the this tongue away from your face. But you do notice as it's coming like right at your face, like that the tip of it it looks more like a spear than like a frog's tongue. Okay, there's a lot more things in this room now. This seems like a good time to do this. Yeah, I'm gonna cast chain lightning on everybody. Okay. Uh, they all fail. So the little brain things just burst like rotten melons, just splattering like brain matter all over the place. Um, the paladin who was attacking Farina is dead. He just kind of like drops to the ground, convulsing as the lightning courses through him. The human woman that it hits, you can see her eyes going like kind of wild because she can't, like you still have hold person on her. Okay, so I will attack that one next. Okay, and so what does it look like when you kill that thing? I feel like I'd be mad because the halfling hit me, and so I'd be like, well, I took care of one, but now for the next one. And then I'll just, like, take my hammer and swing it towards its head and smash it in. Like, from the side. The guts go. I mean, the brains go this way. How close am I to the next thing that needs to be killed? You're inside. They're out here. All right, I'm going to move to the right, however far I can get on that one action. So about halfway to the next squid face and his uh, brain puppies. And I'll tell Diggy to make sure she doesn't come out so she's not freaked out by the other squids getting murdered by me. <laughs> Don't get freaked out because I'm angry or whatever. Okay. She's in deep feelings, whatever. All right. I will shoot at the brain thing that attacked Chorus. Okay. That's a... It's a one. Okay. Um, roll your damage. Oh no, I'm gonna hit her, huh? Yeah. Uh, alright, so yeah, so you, you put one kind of like in her thigh. I say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. Let me try again. <laughs> your next two shots are true. They land in the squid thing and it topples over. Okay, I will, uh, and then I'll, like, run over to her with the arrow, like, sticking out of her leg. And be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? Like, I'll <laughs> She says, just, just keep fighting, that's fine. Okay, that's my turn. So I want to jump out from the rock, so where I could get a shot on the brain thing by element. Okay. Uh, so what does it look like when you kill that thing? I think I shout, like, real quick, like, element, watch out! And I shoot it, and it flies right past Elemen into the thing. Maybe just chunks of it kind of come apart as it rips through it. Yeah, some chunks of it go spattering around. And then I immediately duck back behind <laughs> uh, the rock. Masiliot's um, just, you know, um, his halibut just kind of like flashing and he's spinning it almost more like a quarter staff. And he's a bit, you know, able to, to break through and, and get a hit in on the one he's fighting. And Thrash just kind of like throws a shoulder into the thing's stomach and then uses the extra space to come across with an axe across the thing's stomach. The one fighting Thrash comes forward with his tentacles and uses one of them to like grab onto Thrash's arm and then another one grabs him around the head. Um, and the other two are kind of like keeping his other axe arm kind of busy but trying to like grab a hold of him. Uh, and now has him grappled brain thing over here is going to go after Elemen. So that sends its tongue lashing up at Elemen's face again. Triple one. Uh, so Elemen uh, bats the thing away. And then this squid face, it is going to reach forward with its tentacles to try to grapple Chorus. It grabs one of her sword arms and then the other one. And then the two other tentacles come forward and just like grab her face and bring it into its maw. And you just hear like a wet crunching sound as it punches through the front of her skull. 
and then a horrifying slurping sound as the thing seems to be like feeding on her. Can I, I'll come out of the building, I guess. How many enemies do I see on the field? There's three squid faces and two brain puppies. I'm going to cast Magic Missile and hit all of them. Yeah, give us a little flavor on that one. So yeah, I kind of walk out and I see all the all of the creatures on the battlefield. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and uh, you see me kind of phase into that kind of Elder Star-like cover body. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wave my hand in the air. And it looks like three stars, like just paracausally appear and just, like, fly in different directions towards all of the creatures on the battlefield. The one that was feeding on the girl, like, she does she appear dead? She has gone limp, yes. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay, um, I'm gonna move forward to... Okay, well, I'll go for the brain dog, I guess. And I'll hit it side and that. How do you want to kill that thing? I feel like I'll just be, like, running toward it and then take my hammer low and then sweep it up and through the side of the brain dog thing. And it's going to go fly in somewhere. Excellent. Like a polo, like a polo mallet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and that, then, uh, that thing goes uh, flying off into the darkness somewhere, and you hear you hear it splat when it lands. And then I smile. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then can I keep moving toward the next one? or? Yeah, you have enough to, to get to this other the squid face that's eating right, cores. And then I'll hit them once. Okay. Uh, so that is a, a really good hit. Um, and I think like the thing's back arches as your hammer slams into it. Like, like, and its head snaps up away from Chorus. And it just kind of throws her body on the ground. And it turns to snarl at you. And Aramil, you are close enough to see that, like, there's just, like, nothing left of her face. And most of what you can see of her skull is empty. Cool. I won't be mad if you take this kill. I will, like, like scream out, like, no! And I will pull out the um, Karasaur sword and, like, charge at the thing. Uh, those will all hit. Those are maybe those may be overpowered, but we'll worry okay. about that later. <laughs> all, three of them, all three of them hit, right? Yes. <laughs> like, I think it's, like, 96, isn't it? All three hit. Yeah. So- that's about three times its remaining hit points, so what do you want that to look like? I want to just, like, try to, like, jam the sword straight down into where, like, the stalk is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, the sword just comes, kind of, like, bursting out of the, the back of the thing's head. And it just kind of looks at you, like, surprised. And it just kind of slumps forward on you, and you're able to, like, just push it off, and the thing falls and, like, slides off your blade its mouth and face almost as much a ruin as Chorus's is. And then Tharina kind of gives like a physical but then like approving nod to Aramil. <laughs> well, Malkin was kind of watching that go down. Um, he was like in shock at first when Thing bit her face and then she fell to the ground with missing face and then just saw Aramil just mutilate <laughs> the Thing so I think that refocused him real quick. So he's going to run out around the rock to try to get a shot on the stuff that uh, Elemen's engaged with. You take advantage of the fact the thing is distracted by Elemen, and your shot goes through and you put an arrow like right into its neck. And it staggers forward, bleeding profusely. I'm just going to tuck back slightly behind the rock again. So as the thing staggers from your shot, Elemen is going to take a big like haymaker-sized swing with his sword. Elemen's magic blade opens the thing from groin to throat, and it collapses. Having seen what happened to Chorus, Thrash and Asiliot also scream out, much like Aramil did, and charge forward. With you all having done most of the heavy lifting, they're able to dispatch the last of the brain dogs, and everything goes quiet. Chorus is not moving. Can I tell Elemen to see if he can bring her back? He says, are you sure? I I only have the ritual components for the four of you. I mean, I don't know how it works. I mean... Like, are you sure you want me to like, do... Like, to, to use mine? Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
so he so he had like he runs over to Decorus's body and like Asiliad's already there kneeling beside her and um, Elman grabs his sword and you hear him praying to bring this this brave warrior back to, to fight uh, another day. Where are all of you when this is happening? Yeah, I would say I'm gathered around, like, kneeling. I mean, I was there when they moved over to do this, but I'm gonna step back and just kind of, like, watch and be like, what's happening? But not get involved. Um, I'm maybe kind of slowly walking toward the group. So then Aramil and and, and Varys, you see the flesh on her face to begin to, like, expand, and the bones, like, little tiny threads start to, like, loop over the big hole in her face. Like, first, like, a a thread of, like, uh, white bone, and then a thread of, like, muscle, and then another thread of bone, and then it's just this, until this lattice work starts to take form, and then starts to fill in, like, threads going onto a loom, until the, the, the tapestry start of her face starts to fill in. And it is then after, you know, it's only just a little bit like it's it's pretty fast considering like, you know, just a moment ago, it was like a crater of a head. And then we're back to a tiefling head. And she has a massive, almost like asterisk like scar in the center of her face now, like right on top of her nose. After just uh, a moment, like when it looks like all the, the like the reweaving of her face is complete, you see her like gasp a breath, and then her huge anime-sized eyes open and kind of flutter, and she looks around, looking at everybody around her, and then just says, that was fucked up. Because I enjoy that. Yeah, he's being sassy, and I think I actually congested myself somehow doing that. That's debatable. He's making fun of me, not you. I know. know. (laughs) Is that like a thing we can buy somewhere? Um, Yeah, you can buy more pocket dimensions, or with time and some money, um, Varys can make some more. I'd like my own pocket dimension. I don't want one. I like being in other people's pocket dimensions. <laughs> Many other people's. <laughs> uh, just really, uh, protect yourself when you're in there, too. <laughs> Air D&D. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Did you just say Air D&D? Because that's fantastic, actually. <laughs> that's really good. Uh. <laughs> oh, wait. I can't see anything, though. Or is it just the light that I can't see? Can she feel, like, the warmth? No. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's so toasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that feels like. Elemen. He's going to do a guiding bolt at the one that's over here. Then he's going to do, like, 500 other different things with his bonus actions and his reaction and his move. Uh, but they're mostly just posturing at this point, so... Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> when he finally hears this, like, you know, like, years later, he's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> Should have been here. But gonna... wait, as one more bonus action. Yeah. I just realized I didn't... I'm sorry, Thomas. It's an extra 20 D8 on top of uh, the squid faces are going to attack the two paladins. It's squid face. <laughs> okay. I don't know why they're brain puppies and not and not brain dogs, but just they are. That's, that's I can't call them brain puppies, and I won't want to kill them. 
I'm Maybe I'm playing a are. mind game with you. Uh-huh. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, was there was there another obvious sign we missed, or do we? The the big one that I was thinking of like was the brands that the oh. two didn't brand their wounds, but Asilia and his crew clearly branded their wounds. Uh, okay, like so because when we showed up, you said they were like weary and hurt, but they like healed themselves, but not with the branding. Right. Okay. But I liked a lot of your other ideas, and that that Malkin spore thing was pretty was pretty sweet. So. But didn't the creature eat her brain? Like, how do you regenerate a brain? Magic. Alright, I'll take it. Okay, I'm going to bed. I once again have one-year-old gymnastics tomorrow, tomorrow morning. So. <laughs> well, don't let the coach be too rough on yeah, you. Yeah, um, kill it in your one-year-old gymnastics class. <laughs>